Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave with me, Ryan Frick, and Michael Davis to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as a part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network and the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, welcome to the show. It's episode four. I wasn't here last week. As you can see, I was on a cruise in the Caribbean uh, doing uh, some good things. The complexion might be a little different between me and Michael today, um, but we're back all about business here in episode four of the Cat Cave. Michael, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing all right. Somebody told me, I don't know if this was true or not, I read it on the internet, if you put a Hawaiian shirt on, it would automatically give you a tan. And seeing from, I don't know if it's the lighting or if you have bad eyes, but I think I have a pretty good tan going on, don't you think? I mean, listen, I thought you were going to say a Hawaiian shirt would manifest a cruise, would manifest a uh, a Caribbean getaway. And if that's the case, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt every day because I want to go back, man. I had such a good time uh, last week in the Caribbean. I did, however, miss you, and I missed all of the the cat the cat cavemen, the cat and, cavemen and women. And and real quick, shout to Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush. He was my special guest last week. We talked about the draft, and I mean, Ryan, I'm sorry, like this this build up to the draft has been going on really ever since the Panthers trade up to number one overall. And it, it's honestly like as exciting as that was, I'm okay to like, okay, now we know the picks, we can start talking and start looking forward to some football. I'm right there with you. And I think this episode four of the show would be a good opportunity to sort of kind of recap the off season that has been now that we are post NFL draft. And so we're going to start off with some of this. It's kind of already come and gone. Um, and we sort of kind of touched on it here and there on the show. Um, but we're going to talk about the notable free agents that the uh, that the Panthers have acquired in the offseason. Uh, starting off with safety, Von Bell. Uh, the Panthers on defense needed a lot of help from last year. I mean, they're I say they needed a lot of help. They were in games late, uh, but I think it was primarily due to ball control uh, running the football post-trade of Christian McCaffrey. Um, obviously added some, some, some power to the offense as well, uh, getting a couple of offensive linemen and Bradley Bozeman, of of justin mccray um and then obviously with the with the the departure of christian mccaffrey uh signing of miles sanders former philadelphia eagle which is that's a that's a big a story in and of itself that we can get into but it's not panthers related um now that miles sanders is here the the philadelphia eagles have a couple of new running backs but we'll, you know maybe we can talk that for another show um i digress he also boosted boost this offense with wide receiver adam thielen and tight end Hayden Hurst, which I've been on record as many times, is saying that Hayden Hurst might be the most underrated tight end in the NFL. As a former Gamecock, you know I'm going to be a homer. Um, and and obviously a signing of Andy Dalton. We knew once the Panthers traded up for number one, they were going to go quarterback, but they still were able to go and secure a decent veteran backup quarterback, which is something that they didn't necessarily have last year. When you have guys like Sam Darnold and uh, and and why can't I say his name? Um, Baker Mayfield at quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater was gone after last year or, or before last year. So, um, the off season before the draft was already pretty, let's call it noteworthy. It was, it was pretty aggressive from the Panthers front office. Um, as a, as a, 
a Panthers follower. Can I call you that, Michael? A, a follower. I, I, of the I follow Panthers? the Panthers. I follow the home team. How did you feel about free agency and what the Panthers did prior to the NFL draft? So this is very interesting because I've been critical of the Carolina Panthers before because they couldn't attract anybody. They couldn't get anybody in free agency. They weren't being aggressive in the draft. It was just like the Panthers were content and okay of just being there. And living in North Carolina, Ryan, you live in South Carolina. I'm sure it's the same there. Fans get frustrated when their team is like, you see all these organizations doing X, Y, and Z, and you're just there kind of coasting. And especially with the NFC South up for grabs, Caroline needed to do something. And so kudos to them for having a very aggressive offseason. Like you can look at these signings like Von Bell, Bradley Bozeman, Hayden Hurst, Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders. Like these, these are acquisitions from good teams, veterans that can help your team win and win right now. There's several who have been to the Super Bowl or they've tasted deep playoff success, which is what they're trying to create in Carolina. And kudos to them because without being aggressive in the offseason with free agents, or I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about the draft and how aggressive they were in training up, there's an excitement around this team where they filled the holes that they needed to, and now the NFC South really isn't up for grabs anymore. The NFC South is Carolina's to lose in my opinion, and we're we're not talking about Baker Mayfield starting for the Panthers as we were last year at this time. Yeah, I mean, you you make a good point. I, I, I before the moves that they made, I thought this this division belonged to the New Orleans Saints after the signing of Derek Carr. Um, now, granted, Alvin Kamara is facing a suspension, but I don't think Derek Carr got the love that he deserved in Vegas. Um, yeah, there were times where. He didn't look the greatest, didn't make the best decisions, but dude's a talented quarterback. You're coming from a year where who are the Atlanta Falcons? Marcus Mariota is not there. Cordero Patterson was their starting running back last season. A couple of a couple of rookies at wide receiver, or at least a rookie at wide receiver, a second-year tight end in Kyle Pitts that missed most of last year due to injury. And then you look at the Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa is, what, two, three years removed from a Super Bowl? And now they're without Tom Brady. Um, they moved on from, why can't I say his the name? The running back. Uh, oh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Thank you. Um, Playoff Lenny. Yeah, so they, they've moved on from a couple of guys. They've still got their core of receivers there. Um, obviously, Gronk is long gone. But you've got Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin. Uh, so all, a lot of people have left the NFC South. And as, I mean, the, the same can be said for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, they moved on from two quarterbacks. Uh, they moved on for their, their all pro, all everything running back in Christian McCaffrey. They moved on from their best offensive weapon in DJ Moore in an aggressive trade to, to acquire the number one overall draft pick in this year's NFL draft. So I think it's, I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say it's the parent Panthers division to lose right now, but these Offensive, the, the offensive ads, the defensive ads, and the free agency alone automatically made them a contender. And uh, going into the NFL draft, um, we had to see what they were going to do uh, to see if, if they could build off of the success 
they had in free agency. Before we get to the draft, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Panthers news that took place this week. And Michael, I'm going to turn this over to you. Some uh, some some news out of of Carolina with some some fifth year uh, signings, I guess if you want to call it that, fifth year extensions, picking up options. Go ahead with the Panthers newswire this week, Michael. Yeah, so this is coming from a lot of Twitter and Rappaport reporting that the Panthers decided to exercise their fifth-year option on one player and didn't the other. One of them who will be returning for a fifth year with the Carolina Panthers on their rookie deal is defensive lineman Derek Brown. I think that is solid. I felt like that was coming. Uh, you definitely need to keep Derek Brown around, especially with Brian Burns. Um Put maybe a rookie who you can put on the opposite side burns in the draft, but Derek Brown, pretty solid right there in the middle. And it's kind of interesting to note that the Carolina Panthers did not pick up the fifth year option on cornerback CJ Henderson. Uh, yeah, he he's been uh, he's been in Jacksonville. He was selected with the ninth overall pick before being traded to Carolina, and people were excited about, hey, we got a former top 10 pick in the draft, and C.J. Henderson hasn't lived up to his billing. So it makes me very curious how, you know, we obviously had the draft this year, and I thought about this when watching the draft with my dad. We had the we had a war room up here. We had I had the WWE draft and NFL draft on ESPN's kind of side Side yeah, the NFL is not the only league that had a draft this past weekend, so you got to make sure you throw that in there. <laughs> it's probably it's probably the better one. Let's be honest. I mean, oh I'm, yeah, there's a lot left to be desired in the uh, sports entertainment world. But we'll we'll get to that. You have tap outs, touchdowns. I've dropped the mic. Wrestling Wednesday lineup. People can hear all our thoughts on that. But it makes me think when we look back on this draft in five years, what are we going to think about this class? Are we going to think about these quarterbacks so highly, like Young, Shroud, Levis, Richardson? Or are we going to be like, man, the Colts Colts took a chance on a raw prospect and he wasn't good. Will Levis drops to Tennessee in the second round, and you know he probably shouldn't have been drafted. Like, What are we going to say about this quarterback class or just the class in general? Because if you look at the Panthers, when they selected Cam Newton, you look at rounds two through seven, their pick, their picks are pretty forgettable. And I don't think Carolina had that draft this time, but that's the beautiful thing about the draft. Only time can tell. So real quick, because I do want to touch on Will Levis going to Tennessee uh, here on the Cat Caves, the, the Cat Cave Panthers podcast. Uh, but real quick, C.J. Henderson, well, let's, let's be clear. Just because they didn't exercise the fifth-year option on C.J. Henderson does not mean he will not be a Carolina Panther next year. Uh it's a this is an, year. This is an opportunity for CJ Henderson to come in, uh, prove that he can be one of those starting defensive backs, be productive, uh, be the guy that they were he was expected to be when he was the 2020 number nine overall pick, um, and get a big money contract coming in next year. I mean, they've got they've got a bunch of young guys in this secondary um, to add to a, a veteran in Von Bell um, that they sh- they should be able to he should be able to come and prove himself. So. Um, I, I'm expecting big things out of C.J. Henderson this year, only because if he has another dud year this season, um, he's not going to get a big money contract next year, regardless of whether he stays here in Carolina or goes elsewhere. 
Um, now, before we go into the Carolina Panthers draft uh, results, uh, they only had five picks in this year's draft. Uh, Will Levis going to the Tennessee Titans. Are they just giving up on Malik Willis after one year? Like what, what, what's going on, Michael? Like how, what is your, what is your take on the fact that of all the teams, the Tennessee Titans took Will Levis. And that, and that's another thing you have to think about when evaluating the draft is there's players who are given up in a year or two, especially at the quarterback position. I think Will Malik Willis was like a third round pick last year for the Titans. Will Levis a second round pick. You can tell they love those alliterations. Am I right? And, I, I just, Tessie had so many other holes. Even if you think Will Levis is a top three, five prospect in this draft, and you're like, oh my gosh, he slipped to us this far. We got to take him. I don't think Tennessee was in that position because they're, they're looking at the Jaguars who were slowly improving. Houston, I don't take seriously. Uh, Indianapolis, I don't take seriously. So really the AFC South is still up for grabs. Why are you going to take a quarterback when you have Malik Willis? If you truly believe he's not the guy, trade him off while he has some value still. Ryan Tannehill, I don't know what's going on with him. They might move him back to wide receiver like he played in college. I mean, he's Aggie receiver. There's so many needs that the Titans had that let's just don't worry about it. Let's get Will Levis. We'll be okay. It just makes no sense. Like, unless they're legitimately thinking about putting both Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill out at wideout, I have no idea what they're thinking about taking Will Levis here. Um, so now, to to that point, like, it just if you fill your needs and you know that you're weak in some areas, you use the draft to fill those needs. You use the draft to fill those holes. And what now, the Carolina Panthers did in this year's draft was fill those holes, at least filled one hole, and that was at the quarterback position. I know we we talked about them signing Andy Dalton in the offseason, but Andy Dalton has not been a true starter in the NFL since he was with the Cincinnati Bengals prior to the, to the addition of Joe Burrow up in Cincinnati. Uh, and we talked about it earlier. Carolina went and uh, took a dive. They, they, they made an investment and the number one overall pick to ensure they were going to get the quarterback that they wanted, the quarterback of the future. And with the number one overall pick, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback from the University of Alabama. Michael, did they get the, it right uh, here? I love the Roger Goodell buildup right there that you kind of imitated. Yeah. And if you've listened to our podcast, we have, what, three episodes on YouTube. This is number four. I do believe if you listen to him, I believe it was Cat Cave number two. We stumbled across Josh McCown, the quarterback tapes before Panthers trade up number one, before Josh McCown was even the Panthers quarterback coach. And just listening to him break down Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud versus Will Levis, it was pretty clear cut that the Panthers knew who they were they were going to get, even though everybody else didn't appear to know it was Bryce Young. And Mm -hmm. again, we were talking only time will tell whether this is a really good pick and they trade up to number one to get their franchise guy who will be here for the next 10 years, or if it's going to be a bust. But what I believe Bryce Young has an advantage on in terms of everybody else, Bryce Young is not going 
to the worst team in the NFL. They The Panthers had to trade up to number one to get him. Panthers were already on the bubble. If they beat Tampa Bay the second last week of the season, they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. People forget that. This team wasn't horrible. Now, they did have DJ Moore, and some can say that DJ Moore lost them that game. Like yeah. You could also say that they had Christian McCaffrey for half the season because they did. They had they it somehow, half the season. They, they somehow became a better running team when Christian McCaffrey was gone, which is insane to me. Now, you lose out Foreman, but you yep. bring in Miles Sanders. Yep. I mean, because Carolina was mid-tier, and then they made the moves this offseason to get better. That That's the thing with Carolina. And they didn't spend a pick in the day two or day three of the draft on a quarterback because they already have Bryce Young. Now that worked out for Washington for a time because they took RG three and Kirk cousins in the same draft and look who, uh, look who ended up being the bear quarterback. There. I mean, but, in fairness, RG three got hurt his rookie season. And he was never uh, the same. Yeah. He was never the same. And they played on a torn ACL in a playoff game. So yeah. Um, listen, I I'm, I'm going to ask you what you feel about it too, but, I think Bryce Young was the right guy. Now, granted, he's not the biggest guy. We talked we we, we talked very in, in depth in episode two about the fact that his his intangibles sort of outweigh his physicals. Like he's a, he's a smaller guy. He's about as big as Kyler Murray, but I think he's better than Kyler Murray. Um, I've never been that much of a fan of Kyler Murray, um, despite the fact that he was a Heisman Trophy winner uh, out of Oklahoma. Bryce Young is a Heisman Trophy winner out of the University of Alabama. And despite his size, I think he's got the right offensive line around him. Now with the addition of not only of, of Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst, but now adding Jonathan Mingo, another Wookiee ride receiver, this time out of Ole Miss, their second pick in this year's draft. You've got some, some skill players to build around Bryce Young. Uh, we talked about, again, in episode two, we talked about the, the wide receiver room that was with the Carolina Panthers as far as uh, DJ Chark. You've got Terrace Marshall coming back, Adam Thielen. Um, and then some guys that that didn't really kind of splash with the name. You've got uh, uh, Demir Bird. You've got Shai Smith. Smith. Um, they also Chenault. just, LaVisca Chenault. You've also, they've also just signed as, a, as an undrafted free agent, former Gamecock, Josh Van. So they've now got you had plenty to of, pull that in. There, of course I got it, dude. Oh come on. Gosh. How often, how, how many times have I said on my show and on this show, if I've got the opportunity to be Homer, I'm going to take it. So they've got plenty of young wide receivers around Bryce young to sort of see what they have on offense. Add in a, a guy who had his best career year in the NFL and, and Miles Sanders at running back. Um, I think Bryce young was the right guy. Would you agree? Or do you think they may, maybe should have taken a risk? with C.J. Stroud or, or even Anthony Richardson because there were a lot of rumors that they were going to take Richardson when they were back at nine. No, absolutely not. They 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 knew their guy. They took their guy. C.J. Stroud, and this may be part because he's very loose with the football and makes pretty bad decisions with the football, or this could be the team he landed with, the Houston Texans. Stroud's going to be a bust in three years – You've called Anthony Richardson being a bust with the Colts and have the Colts surrounded Anthony Richardson with the pieces. Is he going to sit back? He Anthony Richardson said he's not wanting to sit back and learn. 
He wants to be the guy. And so he's going to get thrown to the fire. CJ Stroud's going to get thrown to the fire. The only quarterback in a good position right now to be thrown to the fire is Bryce Young because they spent their second round pick on Jonathan Mingo, who I've heard is a, this is scary, okay, a faster Des Bryant. In, in terms of his positioning of the ball, not great running routes coming out of college, but I mean, he has Adam Thielen in the receiver room to help him learn routes and become more adept. The, his positioning, his speed, Jonathan Mingo is a perfect guy to learn alongside Bryce Young under the veteran leadership of Frank Wright, Josh McCown, Adam Thielen, who are all bought in to this organization winning and winning now. Yeah, uh, before I move on to the defensive side, because the last the last three picks, well, I say two of the last three picks were defensive players. Um, you mentioned Anthony Richardson, and I, I remember missed if I didn't mention uh, the fact, that, yes, he was, the Colts traded up and took Anthony Richardson. Uh, I believe it was number four overall, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't know, I was on a boat, so I sort of missed some of the draft. Um, but to your point, Outside of Jonathan Taylor, who do the Colts have? Like, they have been without wide receiver talent since Reggie Wayne left the Colts. I mean, you had a, you had a year of T.Y. Hilton, Hilton was, was, was great at times, but he wasn't like T.Y. Hilton had a couple of good years. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he played with Reggie Wayne for a, for a short period of time before Reggie Wayne retired. Either way, T.Y. Hilton had a, it wasn't a gradual drop-off. It was a very sudden drop-off for T.Y. Hilton. And so you went to the Paris Campbells. You went to, I couldn't even tell you the wide receiver two on that, on that, um, on that Colts offense. Uh, I couldn't tell you the tight end on that offense right now. And they, they, they used to be like, sort of like tight end you, if you will, um, from, from, was it Dallas Clark that played Dallas with, with Clark, Peyton Manning? Man. Um, so it's sort of like bringing Kyle Pitts to the, to the Atlanta Falcons without a quarterback to throw him the ball. Like Anthony Richardson is going to cost everybody in this Colts organization, their job in the next five years. The only person they can't fire is Jim Ursay. And he's the one that deserves to be fired the most. Jim Ursay is this generation's Al Davis. He is uh, somehow in, and you're not going to like me saying this, he is in that same vein as Jerry Jones in that he can't get out of his own way. They need to step aside, let somebody else run the franchise, just be the owner, and let somebody else do the job. Because until then, they're going to continue to be, I wouldn't call them, per se, bottom feeders of the NFL, per se, uh, but they're definitely going to be uh, those guys and those teams that are looking, can this, can, it, can this be the year they get over the hump? Nope. Let's see what happens in the draft this year. Now, to transition somehow into that, into the Carolina Panthers' defense. Again, their defense wasn't terrible uh, towards the end of the year last season. Now, they I do remember one route, and they, they beat the, the Bucs um, earlier in the season before they lost that, that Week 17 game. But there was a, there was a spot, if, I'm not, if I remember correctly, there was a, a point in that game where I believe Mike Evans got, got open deep, and Tom Three Brady times. just missed him. Just missed oh. him. Um, I think the Panthers not only have, have sort of attacked their secondary with their free agent hires, um, or their free agent signings, but they've also attacked, uh, they've also attacked the pass rush to avoid 
letting a quarterback wait for the receiver to get open. And DJ Johnson, the edge out of Oregon that they they saw that they drafted at 80 overall. Um, and then, a, you know, I'm not going to miss my, my opportunity. Former Gamecock, also former Florida State Seminole, Jamie Robinson, a safety, their last pick that the Carolina Panthers chose. And uh, I don't know if you want to call it um, conveniently or uh, ironically, Jamie Robinson, the last pick that the Panthers made in this year's draft, is the first rookie to sign a deal with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Michael, based on the signings and the draft, um, do you expect the Panthers to take that same step forward that we expect the offense to do, but on defense this coming season? So I didn't love all of the acquisitions on defense. I think Von Bell and free agency is good. Uh, Robinson from Florida State just doesn't do it for me unless he's playing corner and trying to challenge C.J. Henderson. Uh, I don't know how much that moves the needle. A lot of people were upset about D.J. Johnson, and the reason they were is because the Panthers traded up to go get D.J. Johnson from Oregon, and it was D.J. Johnson from Oregon, rather than you know a guy that the media loved or whatever. But we have to keep this in mind when talking about the draft, right? So fans and I'm a fan too. I'm I'm not dissing fans here. Don't turn off the cat cave. You know, stay in for a few more minutes. We only got a few more minutes left, so stay on. With the draft, you have your big boards from, you know, your Todd McShays, your Mel Kuypers, your Daniel Jeremiah's, your Charles Davis. You have all these. You have the ones on ESPN, NFL Network, all that stuff. And you base your opinion on what these boards are saying and Who's the best player available that Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper has done? We tend to forget that teams, all 32 NFL teams, go and scout these guys. They have multiple people scouting at so many different universities, colleges, pro days, combines, watching game film. And what they are doing is not necessarily ranking the best players, one through two, 300. What they're doing is they're ranking them one through whatever based on who can fit on their team the best. Not necessarily what they need, or hopefully not just based on what they need, but how does this person fit into our system, and where do we rank him in terms of priority to where if he's there in the third round, we had a first-round grade on him, maybe we should get him. Or if there's a general third round guy but hey we feel like this guy's a first round pick he may not be there in our second or third round let's go ahead and get him that's what fans forget about all the time and it kind of grinds my gears because people are like what that's a terrible pick just because oh you didn't hear about him and some analyst on tv said that he was a fourth round pick like come on like the panthers knew what they were doing when they traded up to dj johnson and if there, that's any evidence, just look at their entire offseason that we've talked about this episode and actually trust your organization, your front office to execute the plan that they have in front of them. That's very well said. A lot of people didn't, a lot of people sort of poo pooed on the Detroit Lions draft because they felt like they reached for a lot of guys, but the Detroit Lions went and got the guys they wanted. They drafted the running back out of Alabama and the next day traded away DeAndre Swift, who admittedly hasn't had a healthy season in the NFL as of yet. Um, they, they, they teams, like you said, they have their scouting teams. They have their, 
they're they're guys who go and 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 scout and and uh, qualify and quantify players to what they want to fit their systems, and that's exactly what they did. Um, having said that, you and I get to grade the Carolina Panthers draft, and they only had five guys that they drafted this year. But if you had to give it a letter grade, what are you grading the Carolina Panthers draft here in 2023? Since this is a recurring cap, put a question mark. Because sure, I think I it's I think it's so dumb that we look at these drafts right now and we're like, oh, they hit it out of the park A, or this was a terrible draft, D or C, whatever. I mean, if I had to like, you know, somebody's pinning me against the wall and they're like, pick a pick a letter, I'm giving them a B. Yep. Maybe even B bus because they got their guys, they got who they wanted. And the big thing I said, they needed a rookie quarterback and they needed to spend their second round pick on a rookie receiver to help mature and grow in this office. And they did that. The only thing that they missed out was maybe a running back to be behind Miles Sanders. That's it. There's going to be guys out there that they can sign. I'm giving them an A minus, uh, primarily because they got the they got the best quarterback in this draft. They got a receiver that can grow with him. And they added to that defense uh, where they needed to add to it. I mean, it really helps that their free agency was so was so good. Um, we're going to touch on it real quick because we're up against it, uh, Michael. Um, you said that uh, this was the Panthers' division now to lose. Uh, is your expectation division championship or bust at this point? It has to be, especially when you're looking around the rest of the division. I mean – how could you go and trade up for a number one quarterback? How could you make all these splash moves? How could Adam Thielen come out and say, this is his best chance to win a championship and go deep in the playoffs if you turn up another five, six, seven win season? That That's not what they're doing here. This isn't a rebuild. This is let's go contend now. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if, if it's not their division, it's definitely a two-headed race between them and the Saints. Um, excited to talk more Panthers going uh, going into the off season, we got rookie mini camps and all that stuff. Um, a lot of a lot of fun content that we're going to be able to create on ourselves going forward. Uh, Michael Davis, tell everybody where they can find you on social media and where they can find your other podcasts. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram with the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast with the Owl Pocket. And you see the Instagram handles right there. We post a lot of content throughout the week. Uh, you can also check me out on Twitter, B underscore Michael Davis, posting a lot of NFL draft, WWE draft analysis at the same time. I multitasked right there. And you can catch all these other shows out of pocket with Michael Davis. We're doing Friday shows live now, four o'clock. You can interact with the panel. We got Drop the Mic Wrestling on Wednesday afternoons. And you got the Cat Cave. I'm I'm everywhere, Ryan. But where can they find you? That's a good question, Michael. What a great transition there. I'm on Twitter at Tapouts and TDs. My my podcast outside of the Cat Cave is called Tapouts and Touchdowns on on the Wrestling Wednesdays of the Tobacco Tobacco Road Sports Radio Network. Uh, my wrestling shows go live. Uh, my football shows uh, for all things football, XFL, USFL, NFL, uh, and otherwise, those shows go live on Thursdays. You can find me on Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns. You can go to the YouTube channel and find tap outs and touchdowns as well. Uh, but sort of like Michael, I'm all over the place. I feel like my true second job now is podcasting, and nothing nothing is, is greater than coming together with Michael Davis and talking Carolina Panthers football here on the Cat Cave. So make sure you go follow us where you can find us that we just put across the bottom of the screen. And we'll see you next week for Episode 5 of the Cat Cave 
a Carolina Panthers podcast. For Michael Davis, it's Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week.